Warren Buffett still hates cryptocurrency and digital twins can help fight forest fires. Welcome to Metaversity, your first stop for everything on the new frontier of Metaverse and everything blockchain. I'm Chris with Kristen and we'll explore and learn this new world together. So I thought we'd talk crypto. Oh, you mean we- finally? <laughs> finally. It's been a little bit, yeah. Well, you know, um, I, you know, with cryptocurrency, I kind of like the idea of talking about maybe more of the technology of it or the politics around it some or that kind of thing. I don't, I don't really want to get into the financial advice. That seems like there's plenty yeah. of other people that do that. There be dragons. Yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> yeah, you can get in trouble there too, but you know, there's some, some real good guys over at like bankless and that kind of stuff that, that do a good job with that and know how to steer clear of yeah. the the yeah, bad stuff. So. I mean, if you're you're curious about that side of it, you should definitely check out other folks out there that kind of talk about all of that stuff. But for us, it's more about the exciting advancements in exactly. the, the tech, um, especially as they relate to kind of where we're headed next with uh, yep. Web3 and all of that. Absolutely. So the first thing um, that was actually uh, a few articles about this morning were the SEC is adding 20 more employees to help investigate and fight uh, fraud as related to cryptocurrency. So okay. they're going to so be the, the Security and Exchange Commission. Yes, the Security and Exchange Commission okay. are adding they're those adding people. Twenty more employees to that kind of yeah you know, department. And and to them that seems like a, a a large increase. That'll bring the total number of employees to fifty. Um, right. So. And then I think they're going to be spread across. I think most of them are going to be in DC, but I think they're going to be spread across some regional offices as well. Yeah, I have a like a their actual like press release pulled up from um I guess it was yesterday because today's yep May the fourth be with you by the way. Yep, absolutely, it's uh, Star Wars Day. Yeah, go watch forgot. the Obi Wan trailer. So um it said the infusion of the twenty additional positions into the uh, crypto assets and cyber unit will bolster the ranks of its supervisors investigative staff attorneys, trial counsels, and fraud analysts in their headquarters in DC and as well as several regional offices. So it feels like it's a lot of people, but also not at the same time. If you think about like, yeah. okay, they're going to spread them across other offices as well. Yeah. So if it's um, 20 new people bringing it to 50 total, it's, they're not quite doubling, you know, their size. They had 30 before and 20 right, now. Right. And um, I think the interesting thing is like who they're giving that resource to, like what parts of their, you know, group of employees. Yes. Kind of the buckets. You know? So it's going to their cyber unit, which they are renaming to the crypto assets and cyber unit. Right. So it's going to that particular you know, division. It, it feels a little weird to me, like right out of the gate that the securities and exchange commission is, Say that three times. Fast. I know it's a lot, um, especially I need more coffee, I think. Um, but it feels weird to me that they're like worried about cyber stuff, like. Like cybersecurity, I should say specifically. Um, right. So I, I actually I wanted to look it up because I was like, why are they why are they doing that? Well, it, it seems kind of scary. It seems like, um, I hate the term, but it seems a little bit outside their lane. Yeah. A little like, bit. It feels a little like that. Like it's out of, yeah, totally not in their lane. I mean, it. so what I found though is that it, it is partially, but it's also in other government entities as well. So like when it when it touches their lane, then they are then all they're over involved. It. So like public companies and stuff. 
So what they um what I found on the SEC's website, so sec.gov is that they use its civil law authority to bring cyber related enforcement actions that protect investors, hold bad actors accountable and deter future wrongdoing. Um their unit cyber unit was established in 2017. Um, so it's fairly focuses new. on violating violations involving digital assets, uh, initial coin offerings or ICOs and cryptocurrencies, cybersecurity controls at regulated entities, issuer disclosures of cybersecurity incidents and risks, trade um, trading on the basis of hacked non-public information and cyber related manipulations such as brokerage account takeovers and market manipulations using electronic and social media platforms. So I think from that aspect, like, oh, okay, yeah, fine. That touches right. on their lanes. I get it, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, so it's cool. They're they're gonna make they're gonna make more. Um, so my, my thoughts on positions. it are if there's uh there's folks out there they're gonna protect the people that are subject to various scams, you know. Um and it doesn't matter whether you're talking about fiat money or you're talking about right, cryptocurrency. The SEC, like there's they always have three uh, kind of prongs for what it is that they're. Oh, they're I'm headed down a different road. Um, I'm. I think it's. I'm all for anytime there's the person that when they get contacted by the person that has a million dollars in a bank account, and you know, um, if you send them a hundred dollars, they'll deposit that million dollars in your bank account kind of thing. Yeah. Does that, so, is that actually the SEC? Well, it's not necessarily like that's the SEC. It could be if it's under crypto, uh, based off of what this says, oh. if I'm thinking about it. Okay. I mean, but, cause they're, but it's, anytime, about investments. Like, right. But anytime somebody is, uh, not just money, like, okay. So let's, let's get rid of the Nigerian prince for, for a second and think about it in terms of somebody says, Hey, I've got a new cryptocurrency out there. You need to invest all your money in it. And they, they pull somebody along. It's some sort of scam. I'm sure. all for the protection there. Sure. Um, but I mean, yeah, you, you know, they're that's the whole point of them. They're to, right. they're to protect investors. I mean, the funny thing is, is like, um, you know, uh, cryptocurrency is should be currency. Yeah. And the fact that people are using it as like a an investment, they're like treating it's it an, as if it's, it's an investment, investment tool. Is, yeah, it just feels a little... Well, some of the scams you hear people um, talk about with cryptocurrency still don't really feel like it falls under the SEC because it's 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 the Nigerian Prince example that I gave you. Um, it's um, it's the hey, I've got you know malware on your computer now or um, ransomware on your computer now, and then you have to give me. Like those are the things I think of when I think of like, yeah I don't and that's think that's not, the SEC. Well, that's what I'm saying is those aren't SEC. So w is it more of bad actors that are creating an ICO? And well, for sure it's that. Uh, I mean, they've been they've not made any bones about their position on ICOs, initial coin offerings. And and I'm sorry, I'm giving that example mm -hmm. because I don't know that our like some of our listeners know exactly what the SEC does, and others probably don't. So that they. They do three things. The first is protect investors. Um, the second thing is maintain fair, orderly, and efficient markets. And the third is facilitating capital formation that is necessary to sustain economic growth. So, I mean, it's, I'd, your examples are like, you know, the scam Nigerian prince. Right, they're or, not, they're not you know, SEC. Yeah, that's not them. Right, 
but I'm but you know, in, when you think in of the fraud, of, it, people think about stuff like that, but yeah. that's not SEC. So in the world of crypto, like I think there's a lot of muddiness about what crypto is for people. So like they think that if I created, um, let's say the days of ICO, right? I have a white paper and I don't have a viable anything. And uh, I publish the white paper and I create a altcoin so that people can buy it. Mm-hmm. And I put it on uh, an exchange, which I, I mean, at that point in time, they were completely unregulated exchanges. So right. they were definitely, you know, dragons there to be had. But um, so if I did that, I, I couldn't pass like in order to assess whether or not something should be a security, you actually have to go to the Howie test. And this, I think this should be a future podcast just to throw this out there before I dive too deep, because honestly, there's a lot to actually cover in that. And I don't know if it makes sense now. Um, Also, I'm not like uber prepared to have that conversation. Sure. But but I I think where you're going, there's four prongs to the Howie test. You, you have to, um, you have to meet certain criteria in mm-hmm. order to, to to pass that test and not be considered a security and thus regulated by the SEC. Right. Now, those so, ICOs actually, um, especially the ones like I just described that were built on a like a white paper thought, mm-hmm. you know, um, a, just a novel idea with no execution of said idea prior to so, creating the token, they would fail that test. So exactly. So so what we're saying is they were I can't create I can't create a company that does essentially nothing that creates maybe a Maybe it could do something someday if you were maybe not a bad it could, actor. But 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 let's just say I'm I'm the worst possible situation. Right. I, I can't create a company that has a uh, and and I create this thing like I say I'm going to solve world hunger hunger with this technology. And then um, I create a ICO for that. And then people can invest in that ICO. And then in the end, I have no real idea. I have no real technology and I go away and these people lose all their money. Right. So that's kind of what the SEC is doing. They're not protecting you from somebody who has, because um, when, when people hear fraud, I think, a lot of people think of something very different and the sec doesn't cover the person who is doing ransomware. They're covering the company that's created just to get people to invest money in it. Right. Right before they fold what up shop. What happened with the ICOs is that basically people were just using this idea that they had come up with that, um, failed the Howie test and they would use that idea to, to, get people excited about whatever it was they said they were going to build. Mm-hmm. And they used the money made from selling them these coins to fund, supposedly fund right. the, the um, creation of that thing. So uh, just really quick too, cause it feels important to just at least say this, but um, the Howie four prong test, it, it uses, um, it determines whether or not an investment contract exists um, is that thing, an investment of money in a common enterprise with the expectation of profit and derived from the efforts of others. So just kind of simply like anybody doing an ICO 
failed this clearly. Yeah, they'll they'll fail that. I mean, because so, they're taking an investment of money in a common enterprise that that is the person right. with the white paper um, there. And to the the um, the fact that it is an investment, there is an expectation of profits solely right. made off of like the fact that I gave you money to go make that thing. It so, didn't already exist. So the, the possible good in this is there'll be more people out there to protect you from bad actors that are offering up sure. investments, but the it's a negative, bit of a mixed bag though. But, I mean, cause in the end the SEC is also like, but the they, negative, they, the they, negative is going to be that they are, um, potentially going to be stifling possible companies as well. Well, sure. They if could they regulate more. I mean, there's lots of ways to go about having the right thing, mm -hmm. like creating the right thing. Um, decentralization is kind of the goal, um, or it should be the goal. If you're going to be using tokens in relation to your platform that you're making or whatever, right. but you also should have some kind of thing. Like, I think if you're using it solely to create some, like if you're using it to give you money, like your skirt, you're purposely trying to skirt the SEC right. and their rules. Right. Um, the other thing too, to keep in mind is like, these coins are not Bitcoin. They are not Ethereum. They are not even Ripple. And I know that the there's still stuff happening with Ripple. So whatever. But those are currencies. Mm -hmm. And these are not currency. Like they're they're just they're in a different class. Right. At least in my brain. Um No, I agree. Because yeah, I mean they're just they're just not. Like right now they are being unfortunately so is Bitcoin. Like they're all being kind of traded as if, you know, people are buying them forecasting that they'll go up, you know. They want to make money on them. But sure. that was not the intent. No, no. Like they're they're meant to be what we see starting to happen now with Bitcoin. I can go and hit an ATM and use my Bitcoin to buy stuff. Like that was the whole point. That's that's the whole point of currency at all, whether it's fiat it, or crypto. It is, um, but you're still forced to use uh, an exchange that pulls it off of the the decentralized network, though, to do that. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, for but, now. For now, but, I mean, in at some point in the future, we'll have the like businesses have to start accepting it. They have to have some vehicle for doing that, and I don't know. It starts to get really complicated. Sure. Probably well beyond what we normally talk about from a technical standpoint. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, we'll certainly be watching uh, Gary Gensler and his crew, um, as I have done for the last, like, four years, him and the guy before him. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's Jake one of those Clayton. where, you know, are, are they using those new people for good or will it be for I mean, they think negative? they're doing good. With, I, I with, think that's kind of at the heart of it, right? With the expansion of what the government's wanting to do, having, you know, an education department, uh, Department of Treasury doing the the education of people in cryptocurrency and then expanding this department. Some of that's probably needed, you know, as it gets adopted more, they probably want to make sure more people are protected. Sure. But in the end, hopefully that doesn't end up well, I mean, there resulting was, in stifling regulation. There was definitely some bad actors there doing I when the ICOs were kind of like when it was more of the Wild West, right? Yeah. Um there's there's always people that are seeking to do bad things and you just have to do what you can to, to stop that as an investor. My only advice to anyone who's thinking about it, and this is just me, a normal person, not really giving any direct pointers or whatever, insert legal disclosure here, but 
just do your research. Try to don't just buy something on a whim because, you know, you were listening to right. some podcast somewhere and they said, yeah, you, yeah I speculate this thing and it's going to do this, go up, go down, whatever. Like do your own research, do your own legwork, look into the company. Do they have a real thing? Uh, right. They have like the promise of a, a real. Do they at least have a website? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I'm not saying and that's I mean, the standard. And I'm not no, saying not that's just the a standard. Website. Like but, no lorium ipsum text, okay? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, there there was there was there's been some bad ones where you know they didn't even have a website, you know, and and yeah, like, they if it's just a white and, paper, it's not a real thing. No, but um, so yeah, do your do your work. That's my recommendation. Go dive in before you spend your hard-earned money on something. Yeah, and that's good advice for anything. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, Warren Buffett, he still absolutely hates cryptocurrency. Well, yeah. Um, you know, now, I, I got kind of curious about something because, you, you know, when you start to mention Warren Buffett, my brain immediately goes, oh, well, old people hate crypto. Why do well, old people well, hate hold crypto? On. Before, before you talk about that, so Warren Buffett, um, you know, you can't, he's not your typical, like, I, I feel bad for saying old person, um, but, but he's up there in age. Uh, you know, he's, he's a billionaire, so right. he's obviously made some, you know, good investments along the way. Sure. Uh, you know, he's head of Berkshire Hathaway, uh, which I think I mispronounce every time, but you know, they, they own everything. They own Geico and Dairy Queen and Shaw and Benjamin Moore and what also feels like a hundred other companies past that. They're, they're a conglomerate. They started in textiles and then they started buying up stuff and, um, you know, so he, he obviously knows money and he knows investments. Sure. Um, but it's, so it's, it's odd to me that he would take such a hardcore stance. Like there, I know there's people out there that say, Hey, I'm uneasy about Bitcoin or I'm uneasy about cryptocurrency. Uh, or I'm not sure what I think about it, but he is just flat out. He's like, you know, back in 2018, uh, when Bitcoin was valued at 9,500, he referred to it as rat poison. Like he is, he is pretty passionate, dead against it. Yeah. And, and for what it's worth, even with some of the struggles that Bitcoin's had more recently, if he had invested, then he would have made a 308% return on it uh, about the time that we recorded this. So uh, about the time we recorded this, it was now worth 38,000. Hmm. So it's a pretty good, pretty good return. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he still believes that uh, his quote was pretty funny um, from, I think, going back to April 20th. But uh, he said, now, if you told me you own all of Bitcoin, which wouldn't happen, but I think that starts to lead into what you want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, in the world, and you offered it to me for $25, I wouldn't take it because what would I do with it? I'd have to sell it back to you one way or another it isn't going to do anything. And that's actually a recent quote. That's not from back in. Right. That was this year. That was this year. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) he, so he's saying essentially there's no purpose to Bitcoin specifically. And to that, I feel like we already know that there is, it's a currency just like the dollar or the peso or whatever. Right. Like, it's a currency, so therefore that is its purpose. You can do things with it because it is a currency. Yeah, and that actually goes it to one of his... It just needs to be accepted in more places, which it is slowly happening. Yeah, and that goes to his other comment, too, that along the way he says it has no utility. 
Um, and, and maybe I misunderstand what he means by utility, but with, with utility, uh, I think of what can I do with it? You know, he says actually in that other statement that I read, you know, you can't do anything with it, but we've actually talked on previous podcasts about how it's helped people in developing nations to have something that's, um, better than, you know, the, the peso or, something that's less stable or where they have more control of their money instead of putting it in a, in a bank in these developing nations that aren't, you know, very yeah, non-stable that, that aren't trustworthy. So very unstable. So you have that. And then we've also seen where, and this is outside of the kind of hobbyist mentality that is given to crypto investors a lot of times or enthusiast kind of mentality that's put on there. We've seen where Ukraine has been able to raise money very quickly, yeah, um, within hours using cryptocurrency. Well, it people in you know a faster, more efficient way to being able to send yeah. money fast. And, and it's not like Ukraine didn't want like the dollar is still king, right? We can't for now. We can't deny that. Um, but Ukraine wanted to be able to take donations in the dollar and because of kind of the history there without rehashing all that. So we talked about another podcast that was going to take days to set up and they didn't have days, which I, I totally understand. If, if you're yeah. fighting a battle, you, you need supplies. Now you need that money. Now currency. Now you can't wait days to get, get that all figured out. Right. So I think there's plenty of utility there. So it definitely has some utility. Yeah. So totally. I think where you were going is, so why, why do people struggle with it, especially when you're talking about maybe older generations? Yeah. I mean, it's this kind of, this is sort of what I was starting to say with the, like the SEC and stuff, right? Like people are, they're confusing Bitcoin with like some of these other like ICO coins. Like they're saying, oh, well, they don't have a utility. Oh well, yeah. I, that's why the SEC was going after those guys mm -hmm. because they, they weren't anything. Uh, they were definitely something that needed to be handled by the SEC, though. So they were that, you know. But um, so something that I found online, just kind of perusing this question of like, why are people afraid? Um, really, it's because, especially for older folks anyway, they've spent their entire lifetime building and saving for retirement under kind of an older system, like fiat system. And if someone came up to me and proposed something that potentially undermines 30 to 40 years of my hard work and savings, I'd be a bit wary of it too. I, I can't say this any more eloquently than what I have just read. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. um, and as they are already retired or nearing retirement, like my dad just retired last year, you know, they, they can't afford to have risky investments, like things that they don't truly understand, um, that, could be volatile, right. you know, that, that go up and go down and they have to actually preserve what little bit they have made in order to be able to live out the rest of their life. Cause they're not like, if the floor fell out from underneath them, they, they can't just turn back around and start rebuilding it again. They don't have that kind of time. So they have to preserve. And I, so from that standpoint, I totally get it. But, um, you know, I think generally people just, the real problem is people just don't understand. They don't understand it. They're not looking into it mm -hmm. um, to try and discern the difference between one coin to the next. What would what is safe and what is not safe? I mean, relatively speaking, 
if you're treating it all like an investment, you right. know. Um, I also found something, um, too, that, that kind of outlined, outlined three things. So the first bullet point is people don't understand it. So they agreed with me in this article. Um, and I'll give you this link so you can include it. Sure. Um, two, it isn't legal tender. It's not classified um, as actual legal tender yet by the United States government. Um, but, you know, there are countries and more of them every day that are. So that will change given time. Uh, uh, and the last thing is that um, it could lose its value. I mean, we have seen the, the ups and downs for even Bitcoin itself. And that's mostly because I think because people are treating it like an investment and not an actual currency. Right. So therefore, well, it, it isn't quite super stable. <laughs> well, I would also... Um, Generally with, trending up, though, since creation. Yeah. Well, with, with some of the coins like um, ETH or, or Bitcoin or any of those, I think, I think too, though, like because it's treated a lot like an investment, a lot of times you see the chart where you see the value go up and you go down. Mm -hmm. um, now, the dollar also goes up and goes down, too. Right. Um, but we don't because we spend that like um, we think about that more like paper money um you know where, where i open up my bank account and there's you know there's a number there and when i go to the grocery store and, and buy some groceries that number goes down a little bit and i assume the number goes up a little bit at the the bank account for the grocery store sure but we don't look at a chart it, what the value of that is you know every day so it'd be interesting to actually see if you you line those up a little bit and see well i mean what what that is you know that the value of the dollar has to be changing right in well, the I, end because I pay we more have for eggs and inflation milk and, and deflation that happens, happens all the time and yeah it, and it's really the same thing so it's it's kind of hard when you think of it one way when you think of it as an investment and you know gosh you know it, at one point you know a, a bitcoin was like sixty thousand dollars in value and now it's you know around I, I don't know what it is i think you said it was second. 38 it was around 38 at the time of recording this so um you know it was quite a bit higher and now it's quite a bit lower but you know the dollar's obviously quite a bit lower too yeah because i'm spending more for is, everything too there's nobody that's able like with bitcoin specifically there's no more like they're being there is a finite number of bitcoin that exists and there will not be more printed. It's not, there's right. nobody going to be in office that just strokes a check and puts three or $6 trillion back in the U S you know, well that, and that happens with the U S dollar fiat money is, right. you know, they're like, trying to control it by uh, holding back or releasing uh, funds into kind of that ecosystem. Right. Well, I mean, and that makes sense. That's why we moved away from the, the gold standard in, in a lot of ways is, it was getting to the point where it was hard to maintain because if you had a, a pandemic like event, like we recently had in the government, uh, essentially printed money and gave everybody checks. Um, now there's things that the government does that backs the value of that and whatever. But I mean, it's, is, it's, um, is it really though? Like it's, it's a they trust. Say it's, it is. it's a trust that everybody has faith that it has value. Oh, and well, they there we that. go. There's our, there's but, our real word. We all have faith. But on the gold <laughs> standard, they couldn't do that. Right. So, you know, something happens and the government needs a way to kind of prop everybody up to get them by for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever. Uh, unlike the gold standard, they can't print more money because they don't have gold to back it up. Yeah. Um, unless they go out and find more gold. Um, cryptocurrency, depending on 
you know, whether it's Bitcoin or something else, because there are some coins where they'll issue more. And then there's other coins like Bitcoin where they, there will be no more. Right. Um, and so, and, and there's a bunch of it that's been lost over time too. And there's a bunch of it that's been lost. So like so, they had a finite number and they have less now because it got, it got lost thrown in the landfill the somewhere. It, well, maybe, uh, I mean, <laughs> there's yeah. Anyway, this is a topic for another day. I think, <laughs> yeah, getting, getting kind of, uh, in the weeds, but you know, it's, it's kind of this, you, you've got somebody who's got a lot of financial experience, um, and they're very cautious of that. But also too, if you look at, you know, how Warren Buffett made his money and, uh, his, his kind of sidekick, uh, Charlie Munger, who is also not a, a fan of Bitcoin, right. um, or, or other cryptocurrencies, you know, they're in the, in the beginning, they were commodity people. And, you know, when you, they make comments about, you know, you can't do anything with it or it's not backed by anything, it's because, you know, they were in textiles and, you know, Right. farming and all that kind of stuff where you have something to kind of back it up. Um, it's funny because Charlie Munger, he basically said something along the lines of it's embarrassing or something like that, that we allow people to have cryptocurrency here when it's been banned in China. Um, and they're yeah. a communist country. They but, only banned it because they're making their own. Like, yeah. They were like, yeah, no Bitcoin here well, or whatever. Like, well, hold on. You know, China says they were concerned about the environment. Well, and the amount of mining okay. that was happened. Yeah, because you couldn't get a... You, I mean, it's getting better finally now, but you couldn't get a graphics card for your PC. like. Well... Because they were buying them all up. And then when China said no more of that, they all got like thrown in a river, right? Wasn't that what it was? Well, yeah, there was videos of graphics cards being thrown away. Such a waste. Well, because once, once it was banned, you know, they didn't want to get in trouble for having... You know, yeah, it's almost so like some sort of contraband or whatever. I can't imagine. I mean, why? Did for the why would you have you know a thousand graphics cards? But Are you know, things it's, on graphics cards that could hurt the environment when, when they dump them in a river. Oh, I'm sure mercury oh, and gosh. all kinds of rare metals and. No, but cool. but it's hard to believe the uh, environmental argument uh, when China is probably one of the worst actors as far as polluting the environment. Hong so, Kong where they like, they Oh, have, it's, they like, have terrible smog. Yeah, and, they can't, I mean, it um, got better for a hot minute. I don't I guess, know if it's Hong Kong, but I know that they have a was. lot of, a lot of issues with, it was like a, a fake sunrise sunset that they would yeah, have. You can't like, see. Cause you can actually see it. They have, yeah. they have days when they tell people to actually stay inside because it's terrible for you out there. It's, it's bad. So yeah, hard to imagine that. Cause it's just so not like that here in Florida, but no. And it's, you know, it just kind of like when you hear that they're worried about the environment, you're kind of like, eh, yeah, they, they feel well, like super maybe. not worried. Um, and then yeah. the common, common one that a lot of people say is fraud and money laundering. And this kind of goes back to the sec conversation a little bit. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong about that, but the U S treasury, um, as well as Europol both say that crypto is used less for fraud and money laundering than fiat currencies. So not saying it's not a problem, not saying that it doesn't happen, but it's still a lot easier to do it with a more traditional currency than it is cryptocurrency. Right. Cause you know, it's uh blockchain technology is a, uses a distributed ledger. Like everyone, you can see it. The transactions happen where everyone can see. Right. Like, so it's kind of hard to hide in that instance when it's right out there for everyone to look at. Well, and we've had the conversation before that if somebody hit the big reset button and there was no, there was no currency whatsoever, no money, no whatever. And we're like, you have a choice between something similar to cryptocurrency or we're going to print paper money mm -hmm. and we're going to use that as, you know, 
our currency, which would you pick? And it just seems that in today's day and age, that if you were suddenly thrown with those two options that you would pick, you know, let's print off a bunch of paper and it's going to have yeah, value. It feels weird. Feels weird. Something that can be counterfeited and duplicated and all that stuff. Yeah. But not as secure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes my mind just gets a little boggled by all of this stuff. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, a little bit about crypto. I feel, feel well, good. We, we've been needing to talk about that some. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. It, it just, there's, there's so much in that arena. Like we've talked about when we, we could very easily, you know, dive in on the Howie test and why you should be kind of thinking about this. If you're like, honestly considering jumping into crypto and looking at altcoins and like, if you were considering Doge, for example, like why should you buy Doge? Like you need to understand the Howie test. Because Elon says so. Because in the end, if you get into something and the SEC says we're coming after them, the value of that thing's going to tank. It has, and it will continue to happen that way. And so you need to understand that the SEC has a, a, a leg to stand on if they were to come for them. Well, I think in the, in the Elon Doge situation though, I don't think Doge is the okay. bad actor. I think it's Elon. Elon is pretty risky when he sways the value of something well, with his tweets. Yeah. It shouldn't be that easy. No, it should it shouldn't be, but that's how he gets himself in hot water. Yeah. Well, the, him and the SEC must talk daily, huh? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Or he, his lawyers talk with <laughs> their lawyers. Look, I'm I'm a huge fan of Elon Musk. I love Elon Musk, but I think I, I it's more not about a I think it's more about I just like watching the crazy stuff that he does. Because well, we all love entertainment. You know, not? he's he's said before that nobody wants to be him. But sometimes I wonder if some of his drama is brought on. <laughs> like I don't wonder. You could you could just not send that tweet out and your evening would be so much better. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But then he wouldn't be in the news and on the mouths of <clears throat> lots of people. Bad publicity, still good publicity. Generally speaking, I guess. So um so I also have a couple articles um that are kind of it's all metaverse, but kind of more related to um things like Spotify and they now have their own metaverse or world on Roblox. It's not a metaverse. So I know it's not a metaverse, but and I don't even think of like Roblox as metaverse, but it's where Spotify went and you know, of course the articles all say they're I in just, the metaverse now. Oh yeah, we're just gonna keep pounding the shit out of that that buzzword and just going yeah, like, Yeah, we're just gonna we muddy those waters <laughs> some more. Yeah. Well that's why, you know, Spiegel awesome. doesn't even like to use the word in his office because, you know, it's used wrong. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll keep fighting the good fight, though. We'll keep trying to help people understand but, that is not a metaverse. But it, Roblox it is, is not a metaverse. It's it's another company, though, that's um, di dabbling into what may transform into a piece of it someday. Well, they're and, trying to figure out their place in it. Right. Like in this future, how like you, how do you do that? You know, what, what vision of the future is there that you actually fit into? Well, you know, someday there'll be a, a, there'll be a new platform, whether it's called the metaverse or we refer to it as web three or whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. Spotify is going to need to exist on there if they're going to continue to be in business. Um, it's sort of like, you know, if you think 
way back in the day, Blockbuster went out of business because they stuck to their guns and only rented tapes and then Blu-rays and DVDs. And, you know, I think right in the very end when it was too late, they decided, oh, we should do digital streaming. And it was already too late. There was already Netflix and I think Hulu, at least at that point, you know, um, anybody who's probably currently existing with a, a business that's web-based, they're going to have to move over at some point and they see that coming. Yeah. Well, and if you don't know where you fit, you definitely need to start be figuring that out, that out now. And that's, you know? that's kind of the thing is I think these are baby steps. Like it's not too late and it's early. It's well, way, yeah, it's, it's way early, way early. Yeah. But where There's so many things we don't have figured out yet, but this is a good time. Definitely get in there. But where does it fit? You yeah. know? What, so what are, so they're just, they made like a land or so in Roblox, they made a game. They, they have a land. Um, and they are going to allow people to go there and so it's a game. I mean, it, I've it's watched kind, the it's kids kind of play. A game. They're all kind of different games. So it's a game, but they'll also be able to interact with some of their artists. Some of their artists are going to be featured on there and I guess they're going to look like little Roblox people. I don't know. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a video, but they're going to interact somehow. Um, and like, are the actual artists going to be in there playing with people that go it in? It sounds like they're going to be performing. So okay. some of this stuff's kind of weird. Like a I concert? Could, like a concert. So they'll have like a little okay. Roblox concert. Kind of like they're but, doing over in Fortnite. They'll, yeah. they'll do it over in Roblox. I, I guess that makes sense. And yeah. it, it kind of makes sense. And then there'll be game stuff. Like you'll be able to collect heart-shaped icons that kind of mimic the, the heart-shaped icons in Spotify. And, you know, with that, you'll be able to use to you know, purchase merchandise and as they put it, climb the charts. So they'll have like a leaderboard and you can move up and down the leaderboard as you okay. collect hearts. And, um, you can also, uh, get some free items by performing various tasks, like jumping on a trampoline or collecting notes, not like scribble notes, but you know, notes like music notes, and oh, okay. that kind of stuff. So, uh, interesting. Yeah. And you can also make, sounds and there's a place where you can make your own music and that kind of thing. So I think, I don't know. We'll see. There's a yeah. lot of Roblox games that I don't quite I know understand the, the, the appeal of, of them, so. but they run around and play, you know, see lots of people run around, play them. So, um, we'll see. It's not really, not really my thing. Um, but also metaverse related, we have uh, an article uh, from Forbes and I like this one cause it was really a positive one. So a lot of these kind of like Forbes and Wall Street Journal, they they have a lot of articles about people jumping into the metaverse, but they also have a lot of, you know, kind of negative things. Because I think it's, they don't understand the value of it yet from a financial standpoint, kind of like the Warren Buffett mentality. Right. Um, Struggling to wrap their heads around it. But this one was a really positive one. And it was about how digital twins are really starting to make a difference in the world for all kinds of stuff, whether it's corporations sure, or businesses. Sure, we've talked a lot about that. And we've talked a lot about it. And I like to throw, when I see new examples of it out there, because a lot of times it's stuff I didn't even think about. Some stuff makes absolute sense, like having a digital twin of a house Yeah, makes absolute sense to me. But there's others that sometimes I don't think about until somebody else has, has done it. Well, that's, that's the way of things. Yeah. I mean, we struggled in the early days of the internet to envision what today's version of the internet would be like. Right. We couldn't actually wrap our heads around that concept for a long, long time. Well, that's why I'm not Mark Zuckerberg or, you I, know, they, well, they yeah. came up I mean, with I stuff. don't mean we like yeah. you and I, I mean, we as a people, as a like, people yeah, too. the general public. Right. Exactly. 
I mean, I wish I could think of these things. It would be great. I wouldn't be doing a podcast. I'd be on my yacht. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But on my yacht doing a podcast. Um, But anyway, uh, so this example was out in California because of their drought situation, uh, ongoing drought situation. Um, They have created a digital twin of a lot of the forest areas in California. Uh, which are very mountainous, um, have Did gotten they use very that dry. Same technology we talked about. I think that was in the last podcast where I was like, hey, you know, they were doing LIDAR from satellites of the rainforest. I would assume they have, but it didn't specify. It oh, just okay. says they've created a digital twin. But the reason is makes total sense. Um, the digital twin is mapping the forest and the mountain sides and also going to mimic weather patterns and that kind of thing. So taking the typo- typography and exactly. topography, sorry, I keep saying it wrong. Um, and then marrying that with other modeling mm-hmm. efforts using real-time sensors, I assume. Yep, and they'll be able to predict um, where the fire will go, how it'll spread, which has been an issue. Like yeah. a lot of it is based off of experience and the instinct of the firefighters. and For now. A, for yeah. now, and, and there's a lot of value in that. But at the same time, there's also been situations where they didn't see a wind change coming or a change in the weather and the fire got worse or changed direction right? and ended up putting firefighters lives in jeopardy or they've even lost lives because now they're overrun by the fire. And then other things too, like just being able to get out in front of it, if they know where it's going to spread, you know, sometimes they do those kind of preemptive burns where it kind of gets rid of the stuff that catches fire and then it stops when it gets to that. So they'll be able to do a, a lot of that stuff ahead of time using this digital twin, I they mean, can would, run the models and actually and predict it. when a fire would break out. Like the ones that aren't a result of somebody dropping a carelessly dropping a cigarette, lit cigarette or something. Um, like, Hey, we have weather events. There's going to be a lot of, you know, mm, lightning in this area. We need to make sure that we're watching here or whatever. <laughs> Maybe potentially, um, they didn't get into predicting when they would start, but you know, you could probably use that same modeling info that if a storm is coming through, that's going to create lightning or something like that, you know, predict where it may be, where to look slides. That would be like, there's a lot of that out there. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm excited for the the digital twin and the real world, because when we have that, like things could get so much easier for us as a people, you know, like. Being well, able to know some, when bad stuff like that could happen. There's some interesting jobs out there now to to fight this stuff. Like uh, it wasn't that long ago there was a, a a news story where there's these people that go and live like in these. I don't know. They're not really a tower, but they're kind of up on top of the mountain, mm-hmm. and they just look for fires. And right. They, and they it's so far out into the wilderness that they they literally go up there for three months or. Right maybe even longer or, but it's a long period of time and they, they live out there. Um, sometimes it's a, it's a couple, I mean, it probably takes a different breed of people than than me to go do that. Sure. So, so, you know, so thankfully there's people willing to do that, but maybe that's something that you don't have to do anymore. uh, Yeah. I mean, I think that would be, that's really great. What is the, I mean, probably the first thing that comes to people's mind is like, okay, well, what do people not model this stuff to try to predict it now? And I think the difference is it's not truly a digital twin. Like they're probably Mm. just modeling like 
in a generic sense, like okay, old-fashioned topography yeah, map. Like, yeah, I think he's if probably using thinking, satellite data. I'm thinking if it's a digital twin, they've got to be doing kind of the thing I was saying, like with the satellites and the lidar, and we're like really mapping things out and keeping it up to date. Because well, if you have it on a satellite, every time the satellite goes around, you can do more mapping and you can keep it up to date. Well, you've even said this to me. I think a digital twins going a, a lot further than just the three dimensional model. Like we've probably had the three dimensional model there, but with AI and, you know, real time sensors and those kinds of things, we can actually do some of the more predictive stuff. We can do kind of the more virtual whether it's a, a it's a VR type thing or it's an augmented reality type thing, but we can actually run those simulations more real time using the AI instead of I think before they could do stuff, but it was maybe a little bit more guesswork because it wasn't yeah necessarily we think this thing yeah. may change this variable may change if it changes this is what the model says will happen next old old school weather forecasting where right. you have a barometer and that kind of stuff and if the pressure changes we're like oh the storm's coming but then the storm doesn't come you know that's why weather in the past has always been so hard to predict but you know with with a lot of the stuff they can punch in all the numbers and the and still get things wrong and probably still get things wrong <laughs> but but you know the accuracy at least where it counts you know within hours instead of Right. Within, yeah. within days type of thing. Um, or maybe even within minutes, you know, it's, it's a lot, it, it gets a lot better. So I think it's, you know, beyond, I think digital twin, everybody still thinks 3d model. And I think it's, it's beyond that. It's the, right. the, the AI behind it and the algorithms and all that stuff that kind of drive those predictions. Sure. Sure. <clears throat> so the last, the last topic that you had pulled up, uh, is, you know, definitely more in my wheelhouse. I, I always get excited by this, but we talk about snap a lot. We do. I, I think snap is, um, you know, we, we've kind of mentioned that they feel like they're headed down, at least in our opinion, headed down the right path where, you know, we've, we've talked about some of the other companies like meta where, you know, they may prove us wrong in the end, but it feels like they're headed down this weird path. That's going to have, um, limited buy-in by people, but, Snap seems to have kind of this like stuff figured out where they're making things that make people happy. People enjoy using their products yeah. and they're, and I think they're, they're on kind of a roll right now. Yeah. And I think their vision is like what I see a lot of times in my head, like how it's going to be. And this next thing that you found is definitely in line with that. Well, it's definitely the first steps into that. So we've talked about AR where, you know, you're, you're living in the physical world, the, the real world, but you have these digital uh, concepts or assets or characters or people or gremlins or whatever you want to call it are, are put into that real world and interact with you and your friends and all that stuff. And it's a heads up experience. And snap has partnered up with live nation to start having a lot of these AR experiences at their shows, at their concerts. Uh, and it sounds like initially you'll have to do it probably using the snap camera on your phone, Sure. which that part kind of well, kind of sucks, but they've got glasses on the way yeah. and things like that, that are going to make it so much better. And you have to test the technology. Nobody else is doing it really. So you have to well, test that, the technology. It's not just testing. It's also getting people to like start to embrace yes, kind yeah. of that vision of what's coming. Cause yeah. Okay. So I use my phone now as the portal that allows me to interact with that digital stuff. But it won't always be that way. And it may not even be glasses. We may skip ahead with the um, Mojo folks that are doing contacts. Who knows? 
Yeah, that's exactly it. And it, it's it's kind of like a a real world uh, experience that everybody can enjoy. We've had some limited exposure to it and know how great it is. We talk about it a lot of times to people that aren't as integrated into what the technology is going to be. And, you know, they, they think we're crazy sometimes, I oh, think. Yeah. And I get a this, lot of those this will be something that everybody can have in their hand. And they won't even realize it's the same thing we've been talking about, I don't think. But people will be like, oh, this is this is kind of cool. You yeah. know, you'll be able to try on, you'll be at the concert and you'll be able to try on the merch virtually through the AR experience. Sure. Um, you know, on, on your phone. And so you can see it before you buy it. But they'll um, also like augment and make better those performances. Yep. The concert performances. The performances are going to be very augmented. And, you know, so when you record it, they'll be uh, through their camera or, and also see it real time. You'll see all these things that are coming out and uh, enhancing the performance and, and doing all that stuff. And they, they have a, they have a video. You're going to put the link, right? Yeah. I'll put a link to the video. The and video. It's pretty neat. It's, it's pretty cool. Like just, you know, ar- around you, around the stage, there's, you know, flowers happening and like beautiful explosions of light and birds and yeah, all just, kinds of crazy just, stuff happening. I mean, it's whatever the performer's brain, like whatever they wanted you to see mm-hmm. to help. I'm sure they'll have somebody help visualize message. it and, yes. and do all of that. And, you know, there's also going to be some uh, interactive pieces where you'll be able to help yourself find friends and big crowds at these events through the the AR technology and it, it sounds really kind of cool. And so it's going to be, it was part of the snap partner summit that they just had. Um, and you know, as, as they wrap up, you know, some of this news is starting to trickle out and this was really kind of a, a smaller article, but in a weird sense, um, having knowledge of what the future may be, this was kind of like a little, you know, side note. And it feels like a much bigger thing than, than well, that. That's how a lot of this stuff goes, right? Like, you know, they're actually big steps getting these kinds of partnerships and like getting it out there and in the hands of your core audience, really. I mean, because the, the people that are going to live nation concerts, like Lollapalooza and stuff, like, like Mm -hmm. going to those, those aren't, those aren't the people that we've talked about that are afraid of cryptocurrency, right? Like they are your core demographic. And if you get this technology and get your core in your core demographics hands and get them excited about it, like, taking the next step when your spectacles are finally ready. Glasses. Uh, yes, but snaps are called spectacles. Um, as much as you may not like the word. It's, um, it's too fancy for me. But when you get the, when you have those, you can get those more easily adopted by that core audience. Right. Demographic. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's just another really exciting step. And I can't wait to get my hands on some of this stuff, you know, when they start releasing it and, See in one of their concerts because it's going to be awesome. Yep. Absolutely. So, and with that, I think we wrap up for the day. Yep. Hit and, follow. Uh, yeah. Share. Subscribe. Give us a, give us a rating. Yeah. Leave us a comment somewhere. We've got a few places that you can do that and uh, we will catch you on the next one. <laughs>